follow us on all of your social media outlets at All Real Radio. We make the world better. Make the world better. You are now tuned in to AllRealRadio.com, where we make the world better. This is Sam Oser, your unconventional journalist, reporting on the movements that fight back uh, Saturdays at 1.30. Um, so I am here. <laughs> I am back. It has been a while. Hold on a second. Let me figure out these levels. the fun part of um being back after a little bit um so i've been on break if you guys have been listening in on saturdays you've been hearing my evergreen episodes um where it's been people i've interviewed and uh different reports that are mostly educational and aren't time bound but I am back. Um, I've been on break since about, um, oh, since the end of July, uh, mid-July. It's really hard for me exist to exist during the summer. I just, it's hot <laughs> and miserable and, um, I've just been tired. So, um, I decided to take a step back and just exist slowly during my time during break i i do a couple of things to kind of help me refresh right because you know i journalism is my activism i report on the movements that fight back and while that's great and all sometimes it can be very taxing because I'm following so many different news, so many different outlets, so many different movements. And uh, after a little bit, I just need like 
a break. Um, so usually I start my break off by watching Shira, <laughs> the Princess of Power. <laughs> it's the new reboot that Netflix put out in like 2020. Um, so I watch that and then I watch Avatar The Last Airbender and then I finish it off with uh, Legend of Korra which I just finished the finale today. It was right on time. Um, and it's just nice. Um, those are my favorite shows to watch when I'm on break. And then today I finished Asada Shakur's autobiography, uh, which I've been reading for a minute. And you know, if you have not read her biography and you are doing movement work or you know even if you're not doing movement work if you just want more of an understanding of what it's like to really be up against the police state I recommend reading her biography her autobiography because it is it is uh heart-wrenching that so many of these things were just real real and happening <laughs> um so i read that book and then i also read um building womanist coalitions which was a collection of womanist essays centered around education and coalition work and then i also read a book a book called light and dark um, by gloria and zula and that one's helped me a lot, particularly this summer, because she speaks about uh, Nepantla, which is like the rift between binaries. So, and how like it's hard to exist uh, when you are put into a binary box. Um, and that we are, we have so many different things going on that we live in this space between binaries and I've really been uh, meditating on that during my break um, so yeah <laughs> I avoided social media quite a bit you know normally when I take my breaks I'm completely off social media I don't want to see a damn thing about no one or nothing um, but I decided not to get off social media this time because I like art I like art events. I like community events. And unfortunately, the best way for me to know when things are coming up is through social media. I frequent grown-up story time. I frequent doomsday wrestling. Um, and sometimes it's helpful to be reminded of when these things are going to happen. And if I'm not on social media, I really won't know what's going on. Um, the organizers did a community on the tap a party on the tap twice this summer, maybe three times, um, where there's a little trail over here in Third Ward, and they got together and had music and games and whatnot, and I would not have known about it if I wasn't on social media. <laughs> um, so that's why I decided to stay on social media for this break. I did actively avoid news that um, I don't know anything about what's going on with Ken Paxton in the courts. Um, I don't know anything about what's happening with Biden, his administration, or Congress, or anything. Um, uh, I don't really know what's going on, like the state level. I know Greg Abbott had put some 
some really scary barrier flotation things in the Rio Grande. Um, but I was actively trying not to pay attention to that. Um, just because I was on break, you know, um, but the main thing I could not avoid, unfortunately, (laughs) I tried really hard to, was, uh, news about the climate crisis. Um, that was just everywhere this summer. Uh, This summer is the hottest recorded summer. We've been, um... NASA and this very specific agency whose name I'm forgetting right now. Uh, we've been recording weather since about 1880. And since we have been recording and keeping data, this summer has been the hottest on record. The hottest on record. Um, the uh, part of uh, the climate crisis that really got to me this summer was um, the fires in Hawaii and the land being destroyed and the houses being destroyed by the fires. But what really, really struck a chord for me was seeing interviews Democracy Now! did with residents about how developers are antagonizing them to buy their property. And it really reminded me of home, <laughs> of here in Houston, Harris County, even Galveston, where we have these climate disasters flooding homes. There are still homes from Hurricane Harvey that are needing repair. Shout out to West Street Recovery for the work they are doing around that. But there are people who aren't part of West Street Recovery who are still dealing with their homes being in ruin from Hurricane Harvey. And the developers and realtors and these gentrifiers are constantly calling them to buy up their land, to buy their house, even though it's in ruins. So seeing that in Hawaii and bridging it to Houston, for me, really spoke to the larger issue of, you know, global capitalism (sighs) and how it's all just, it's all connected. Um, It doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. The demand for money over people is there. So with it being the hottest, uh, I got a little distracted. With the hottest uh, summer on record, there was, uh, I found a good little article, (laughs) very disturbing, good little article, um, that outlines the weather events that happened this summer. So in the U.S. alone, there were 23 separate weather and climate disasters that have each led to a billion dollars in damage. (laughs) Each one of them. The record breaks the 22 that was set in 2020. Um, 
more than 250 people in the U.S. have been killed by these disasters. It includes flooding, drought, tornado, hailstorm, winter storm. And the thing with the flooding, too, is the flooding's happening in places where flooding doesn't historically happen, like Vermont, Minnesota, places like this that don't normally see flooding. It's, uh, it's happening. Um, around the world um, that I saw, like I could not avoid... <laughs> And like I said, I I was only on social media so I could see art and go to art events and do fun stuff. And I was trying to avoid news, but I couldn't avoid the climate crisis because that is a metaphor in itself. (sighs) So um, one of the things that I saw was there was so much rain in Greece that happened this summer. It was like a couple years worth of rain in a couple of days that scientists are saying that these are possibly new lakes. Like these these could be new lakes in Greece. Um some are getting droughted. Um and these new lakes are coming in. Last week, when I was, I was still, okay, so today's my first day back. So even last week, I was still trying not to pay attention. But I could not ignore that almost 2,000 people uh, are feared dead in Libya because of flooding. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, There were, how many wildfires in In Canada, in Canada, there were um, close to 900 wildfires, and it was like 599 of them were like untamable. They were just wild, and there was nothing they could do about it. That was the most that they ever had this summer. Um, one of the strongest typhoons ever witnessed hit Japan. This summer. Um, yeah. The Vermont. It's just. I I could not avoid. The. Oh here's the numbers on Canada. Yeah so as of July 17th. There were 907 active wildfires. In Canada. Of which 599 were out of control. <laughs> um, and that. You know. Affects air quality. Right, you get all that smoke going up into the air, the wind and the currents blow it around, and it affects people's breathing. Oh, let alone from like destroying everything. Um, so in Italy, during the summer, uh, they had so much rain that it displaced over forty thousand people. South Sudan had its fourth year of historic flooding, impacting around a million people. Um, And that was, those were like the main ones that I saw over the summer when I was trying to avoid the news. (laughs) When I was trying to avoid the news, these are the climate crisis 
ones that I saw. Um, and then, you know, we were living in a month long, uh, triple digits of hotness. That's why I couldn't move. I mean, I don't like moving in the summer anyway. Like I exist very slowly. That's why I take my breaks in uh, July and um, predominantly August. Uh, August, I cannot exist in August. It's just too rough. Um, But this one was very rough. (laughs) And the drought conditions were insane. I remember like walking down the street, uh, like just trying to get out of my house because I work from home. And I was looking down at the dirt, and it was the most cracked I'd ever seen it. Um, it like I was like, "What is going on?" But I didn't want to know because I was on break. There were some things that I did accidentally see while I was avoiding news on social media this summer that did make me happy, um, and it mostly had to do with unions striking. Uh, Along those lines, right? So we all know about the writer strike going on with Hollywood and all that. Uh, Marvel, the visual studios, the ones that do um, the visual effects, they are unionized now. So that's some nice news to have. Um, But I will say seeing the news of striking workers um, was welcomed. Um, as I was trying to avoid, I was still trying to avoid all news, anything political. Um, but when I did randomly see union stuff and striking, that did make me feel a little bit better. Um, something that made me uneasy this summer, um, over my break is the rise of COVID cases. So there are more strains coming out because we are not like protecting each other. And I will say like, I am guilty of this as well. I really don't always wear my mask unless I'm feeling uncomfortable. Uh, There has been a new vaccine released. It's a mRNA vaccine and Walgreens is starting to offer it. And it's to help combat the newest strains that have come out. Um, because the strains have mutated because we never did reach herd immunity because a lot of people did not get vaccinated to begin with and we really did not concentrate on masking. So, (sighs) yeah, that's, that's back up. And I'm not sure, the last time I saw the COVID death toll was maybe two weeks ago and we're well over a million. We're close to 1.5 million people lost to COVID. Um, so yeah, (laughs) my break was nice. Otherwise, like I said, I read these books. I existed slowly. I watched my TV shows and mind you, these TV shows, Shira, Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, I've seen each of them like 10 times already, but it's very much a comfort thing for me to watch the same show over and over and over. Uh, so that's, that's exactly what I did. Um, and got on social media to go see some art events. My favorite thing lately has been the art show at the Orange Show. The Orange Show, um, they once a month on Fridays, they curate artists from all kinds of different mediums, from experimental music to performance, um, poems, and just everything in between. And I've been really enjoying those. 
Um, really, really enjoying that. Um, but we're going to take a music break. And then when we come back into it, I'm going to talk about um, things to come, right? So what I have planned next, what we can expect to hear. Like next week is going to be the mayor forum on transportation. I do plan on covering that and um, more of that kind of stuff. So we'll be right back.
Okay. Sorry, I'm just like laughing. You know, technology's weird, man. Especially like whenever you haven't been like playing with it for a while. Um it's like this is this is why like whenever I posted about it, I was like, it's gonna be reflection and just like me just like kinda like talking, listening to music, because this is really like my transition back into it, right? Like the last time I was here live working the board, because like I produce as I'm talking, right? So I'm working the board, I'm doing the music. Um, if I have any articles for reference or um, any videos for reference to plug in, I'm producing and talking at the same time. <laughs> and then like I don't actually have time to go back and edit my audio. Um, so you're getting everything just, just uncut like just as it happens so you're welcome um <laughs> but also i'm sorry um so thank you for being patient with me as i transition back into um my voice and into what's coming up next um so if you missed my little ditty at the beginning of this i'm sam oster the unconventional journalist i am transitioning back into all of it I report on the movements that fight back, and I've spent the last eight weeks or so not paying attention to the news except for the climate crisis that just uh, is very unavoidable, and there is a metaphor in that. Um, so anyway, I will be uploading this audio on Spotify, so uh, and wherever else you get your 
programming. Um, so if you look up unconventional journalist, wherever you get your podcasts, you will find me and then you can replay it and listen to my little summer reflection. But right now we're going to go into what's next, right? So I told you guys about my summer books, climate crisis. It got really dark and sad there for a second. Um, but now what's next? So um, if you are in Houston, you know very well that elections are coming up for you. There's a mayor election. There's proposition elections. So next week, uh, Link Houston is having a forum, uh, a mayor forum, specifically on public transportation. So if you're not familiar with Link Houston, you should definitely look them up. Number one, uh, Link Houston advocates for a robust and equitable transportation network so that all people, uh, so that all people can reach opportunity. Very, very sweet. Um, but their mayor forum on transportation is next Saturday, September twenty third, from ten to twelve, at the Architecture Center, Houston. Um, that's nine zero two Commerce Street. So if you are able to go, if you're interested, you should go. It should be very interesting considering we are less than three months from having a new Houston mayor. Um, Public transportation is something we need. I cannot believe Houston is trying to position itself as one of the largest, greatest cities in the U.S., while not having a robust public transportation system. I do have some critiques on public transportation. It needs to be done equitably because um, with public transportation comes gentrification, which will kick out people uh, who are existing in their communities right now. Um, I saw that happen. Like, I, I don't live in the loop. I live in the suburbs. Um, and there for a little bit, I was living in Clear Lake, which is like, a suburb of Houston like it's still a Houston address and they put in bike lanes and suddenly the condo that we happen to have um, went up in property value by like 15,000 and property taxes went up as well and uh, that's not cool guys you know let's have public transportation but let's do it in a way that doesn't kick people out so um, I definitely plan on going to this mayor forum on transportation so I can bring up, I really want to ask this question about making sure it's equitable and gentrification and blah, blah, everything I just said. Um, but besides that, I have invited Link Houston uh, to come after the forum to do an interview to discuss the forum and to also discuss what other initiatives and whatnot they have so people can get involved in this part of it, right? So it's not just Link Houston doing this work. There's also Stop by 45 uh, also doing this work. My absolute wet dream is having robust public transportation for the whole county. Uh, like I want inter-county public transportation. I want to be able to get from like downtown Houston to Galveston Island on a speed train right and then there should be trains and stops along the way um like maybe maybe like a speed train from houston and galveston like just a one way no stops and there's like another train where there's there is stops so people can pick and choose if they want stops or just go all the way um and like why aren't we why can't we be connected like this um i and so and i'm particularly spoiled right now because 
during my break from journalism, so one of my favorite things in the whole wide world is theater. I love theater. I am a theater kid. Um, I haven't performed in a long time, but that's okay. I don't need to. Um, but we went to New York uh, to support a friend who's in a show, and we went and saw like four, five Broadway shows, six. I can't remember how many. It was Back to the Future, Shucked, Cursed Child, Once Upon a One More Time. Uh, we saw one more. What was the fifth one? Ah, I'm not remembering right now. Um, that's going to bother me. Anyway, so back to what I was saying. So we were, um, you know, watching all these Broadway shows and we, it was so walkable, right? New York is disgusting, first of all. Like I counted 10 rats in like the five days I was there just as I was walking. Um, but besides that, it's so very walkable and the subway and the public transportation, I just got very spoiled, right? So I came home having that very close to my heart. And when I saw Link Houston was having this form specifically on public transportation, I did get excited. Um, so I'm curious to see what that turns into. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. There is a piece of community news I want you to be aware of because it has me a little annoyed. Um, so there's going to be an emergency support rally for Larry McKenzie. Those of you who do not know who Larry McKenzie is, he is an HISD teacher. He's been there for 27 years. He's a 27-year career teacher. He's been teacher of the year. He is an outspoken advocate. He is an activist. He's an organizer. Um, I remember when I first started doing my journalism in like 2016, 2017, the beat that I had like chosen and assigned for myself was education because I love education. And even back then, he was vehemently against uh, the HISD takeover and used what he could to try to fight it. Um, so HISD, uh, the takeover regime, is trying to fire him. So this Monday, September 18th at 7 p.m., there is going to be the support rally for him at DA Black House uh, at 2428 Southmore Boulevard. So again, it's going to be at DA Black House, 2428 Southmore Boulevard. Uh, and this is a support rally to um, make sure this teacher does not get fired. And this is every worker's nightmare, right? Like in the time that I've been covering just HISD alone, trying to speak to other teachers, this is what they fear, right? They do, workers do not want to speak up in fear that they will get fired. And why do they fear that they will get fired? For a couple reasons, right? So one reason they could get blackballed and then like not be hired in other districts. And if they don't get hired in other districts, what does that mean for them? Potential homelessness, <laughs> right? We are forever surrounded by the threat of homelessness. And that doesn't feel like um, freedom to me, right? So so this is really important. If you are able to come out to support Larry, to support this HISD teacher in the face of this undemocratic takeover that's going on, I encourage you to. Um, I definitely plan on going 
because, um, like I said, this is every worker's nightmare. Um, last year I was doing some coverage on Pasadena ISD and this was something I ran into with talking to teachers like you know can I get what you're saying on the record and they would say no because they feared for their jobs and feared for their livelihood right because no one wants to be houseless in this very uncaring system Uh, or like in general shit like (laughs) you know (sighs) so I hope you guys are able to go to that Um, Those are the two pieces of community announcements I have right now. Uh, Like I said, I'm still in like a transition period of um, peeking back in to see what's going on. I know there's some of the uh, organizations are having meetings this week, but I can't tell you what, when or why right now um, because I'm still transitioning back into it. But... um, Next Saturday, link forum, uh, let's do that, uh, link Houston forum, and then this Monday is that support rally. So as far as next steps, like what you can expect from me, now I'm coming back into this, I keep saying this and I keep not doing it, but I swear I'm going to do it this time. I swear I am. I have two workshops that I'm going to start doing. One of them is Advocacy Journalism 101. Um, I Sometimes I feel like I'm the only movement journalist in Houston, um, in Harris County, and I know that's not true. Um, I, I've seen some people uh, working in advocacy journalism in their own way. Um, and I want to do a workshop on it to help anybody who's currently writing, uh, to step up their game if they want. And then anybody who's curious about making journalism, their activism, what that could look like for them. What's the basis, uh, and the basics of how to get started. I am a firm believer that if you can read and write, you can document what is happening in your community right? You don't need the newspaper to tell you what is happening in your own fucking community. You don't. Um, You have the power to do it yourself, even if we weren't living in a digital world, um, right? Like I use medium.com and Instagram and to get my work out and all real radio is an online podcast platform. Even if these things did not exist, we still have the capacity through uh, word of mouth and through zines. Uh, Zines are little um, printed pamphlets that you could make um, to educate and, and, you know, newspapers, right? Like people are like, print is dead. You know, even if we lived in a world without digital media, there are these other uh, places and avenues to get the word out. So if you can read and write and do social media, you can document what is happening in your own community. So Advocacy Journalism 101, that's one of the workshops I plan on doing. And then uh, the second workshop I plan on doing is um, how to hold the media accountable. So there is this book that I read last summer, and it's uh, called Talk Back. 
And it was, it's a gay and lesbian guide to media accountability. It was written in the 1980s as a res, uh, organiza- organizing response to the AIDS epidemic, um, where the news media would say terrible things about the LGBT community. And so this book was written as a how-to guide for holding the media accountable. So I'm using that book and this existing knowledge and um, existing process to update it a little bit because <laughs> there's there's like a passage in the book where they're talking about, um, you know, when you go visit the editor in the newsroom, you know, be aware that they're probably going to be smoking. You should bring a pack of cigarettes so you can share as a form of like, good uh effort or whatever and you know that's that's not how it is at all anymore right like you're not gonna go to a newsroom <laughs> and bring a pack of cigarettes to smoke in the newsroom um so i n- need to review it and update it but it's gonna be uh how to hold the media accountable how to gather information and present your case to a journalist on it or an editor um and then we're going to explore topics in words that you would like to see changed in media right so instead of saying prisoners we would prefer them to say incarcerated people instead of saying like hobos saying houseless people you know making sure uh humanity isn't lost in these words um and with every workshop that I do with Advocacy Journalism 101 and how to hold the media accountable, I do plan on having a Q&A after each one so that I can improve upon the workshop. So next time, the following time I do the workshop, it is just that much better and that much more prepared for you guys. Um, so that is on my horizon and uh, this now that I'm coming back into myself. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, um, I am on the board for uh, Education Advisory Board for Shift Press. Shift Press is a Houston-based publication focused on amplifying youth voices from the ages of like 16 to 25. And um, this summer, I've been helping any students that come through there to take care, to uh edit their work and give them editorial advice to make their piece better that has been the highlight of my summer um besides melanin minds mental health conference um sorry i think i have like a burp coming on no i don't know what's happening okay me too it's a weird man um so that's also part of it right this shift press thing uh, you know i'm ready to start teaching people we need more movement journalists we need more people documenting what's happening in their community here in houston and harris county because i need to get my ass back into the suburbs i live in the suburbs man you know and i really want to see what kind of movement is happening down there um I really doubt it's going to be abolitionist based like it was like it is in Houston right now. Um, but the suburbs in Galveston, particularly like the shit's insane over there. Um, so at some point, uh, once I get my teaching in and feel like I've sown some seeds uh, for for uh, 
more journalists in Houston and Harris County, I do plan on reporting more in the suburbs in Galveston. Uh, those are future plans. Maybe by this time next year is when I'll start doing that. Um, but this coming year is going to be very focused on and very intentional on teaching. Um, yeah, so that's that's what's coming up for me, just so you guys know. Um, because it's it's all about lighting the torch, right? So I'm always saying you're not alone in the work that you're doing, right? So for every issue that you have issue with, <laughs> right? Whether it's healthcare, education, public transportation, there is a community of people working on it. And you are not alone in the movement. And that's something that I'm trying to foster more of in the advocacy journalist space. Um, so that's what's next for me. Um, okay, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in in my transitional episode time. Um, this has really been a transitional <laughs> It's not even like a report. I didn't really report anything. Um, uh, But this is a transitional episode so I can get back into the meat of it. And remember how to use the damn soundboard. I I remembered how to use it now. Yeah, there was like a button. So earlier, if you guys were listening, like I had a hard time with the music. There was a button pressed that wasn't letting me fade the music in and out. But I got that figured out now. I texted Drew, but I guess I should tell him I've got it figured out now. Um, So, yeah, you guys have a lovely Saturday. If you guys are in this Houston, Harris County, Galveston County area, I hope you're enjoying this rain. Um, It's been very hot. (laughs) I'm enjoying this rain. It's been very good for my heart. Um... Speaking of things being good for my heart, the Barbie movie. I loved the Barbie movie. If you haven't gone to see it, I recommend that you do. Um, And yeah, I look forward to the rest of what's coming up next. So y'all have a good one. Enjoy y'all's day. When I gotta die on these cold streets Ain't no love, no mercy, and no friends In case you never see my face again To my own born child I'm To my own born child To my own born child To my own born child In case I pass away with my child, get the feel love Or we all just curse to be street thugs Cause being black hurts And even worse if you speak first Living my life as an outlaw What could be worse? Cause maybe if I tried to change who I'm kidding I'm a thug till I die I'm a ride and main touch bases Eat lunch and blush places Regular criminal oasis awaits us If there's a ghetto for true thugs I'll see you there And I'm sorry for not being there Just know your daddy was a soldier Me against the world, best of boys And all my little girls
that goes out to any scenes that I might not get to see because of this lifestyle. Just knowing that you said love you, got nothing but love for you. All I wanted was for you to have a better life than I had. So I was out here on a 24 hour 365 grind. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. Just know I got love for you. And I see you if there's a ghetto. Yeah. 